Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. The storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's the biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, you will not believe this, but the whole entire BGB crew is back together. That means D-Wayne, Dr. M, Aaron, Silly Sellers, and 2 Chains, we are all here and it is definitely our pleasure to give you a special Saturday episode today. Um, Aaron, take it away, man. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D-Generation X is proud to bring to you. No, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, I've been gone for a hot minute. Um, it's good to be back with the fellas on the podcast. Um, yeah, I used to, I used to moderate a lot of these episodes, but... Um, my life situation has changed in a very positive way, not a bad way at all. And it's uh, kind of forced me to take some time away from the podcast, uh, not able to make the weekday recordings as often as I would like to. But I'm here. Um, we're going to have our big uh, 2016 edition of the Goldies coming up in the next couple weeks. And I definitely intend to be there for those. Um, but uh, Mr. Silly Sellis, you said you wanted everyone to kind of do introductions in a certain positive way. The power of positivity has been strong with you this morning slash afternoon so what did you want to start with today yes and and just to have everybody back because i know all our lives as you mentioned aaron just put us in different segments in different ways a lot of it positive this year for uh the bgb group of 2016 so i know we have some things that we do keep private but if we could just say one thing that we are like you know i guess not grateful but one thing that's really been a positive turn for our life in 2016 that we want to share with the fans you know since we're all together and if, if you want me to, I can give you an example. Go first. Um, last night, actually, uh, as you may know, fans, that uh, Dr. M, myself, and Aaron are all educators. And I just actually passed my principal's test. So that's going to be like a new goal for me in, in, the, awesome. in the future that I passed my principal's test last night. So um, we shall see how that goes in the future. Um, but once again, just a good thing on the education tip for us. And you guys can feel free just to state one thing that, that you have. Aaron, did you want to go next? Uh, sure. Um, just a lot of positive things with my family. I'm not going to get very specific, but my family's doing very well. And um, I've been progressing my career as well, um, enrolled in graduate school. That's part of the reason I'm not able to be present as often. And um, coursework is going well. Research is going well. So a lot to be um, thankful and proud for, for sure. Dr. M, what about you? Oh man, 2016 has been insane, but I do have to say I'm thankful to have started uh, finally my career in academia, which was the goal all along. Excellent. Um, got a nice position um, down in the deep, and I do mean deep south. <laughs> and um, Wrestling territory. Yeah, really enjoying students and um, nice to be in a position where I'm, you know, making a comfortable living and, you know, just enjoying it. Two chains. How about you, man? I know you definitely took on a huge moderating role in the absence of Aaron, but what, are, what about you, man? What's, what's been something positive for you? I think overall it's just really been a, a, a good blessed year. A lot of ups and downs, but overall a lot to just be thankful for. Um, nothing really shines in particular, but I will say that um, 
I've definitely taken a great pleasure in the growth in um, our friendship between the fifth, uh, the fifth of us, the five of us, <laughs> as well as um, the growth of our show as well. As, um, a lot of people are getting out and um, a lot of connections and, and all of it's been really healthy. And, you know, nine to fives are cool. They get the job, they get the bills and then, you know, the job or whatever done. But um, it's good to have something to relax to and enjoy on the side. And I definitely take a lot of pride in it. And D-Wayne, last but not least, how about you, sir? Well, um, nothing really stands out. It's, I mean, I had a, a great year so far. What can I say about it? Um, oh, yeah, there's one positive. Today is my son's fourth birthday. That's so what I was birthday. waiting for. That's why I wanted to save you for last. <laughs> happy birthday, Landon. You have grown tremendously over the years to the point where it's just so optimistic about his future, so. I'm That's in awesome. a great spot. Excellent, excellent, excellent. That's awesome. Uh, two chains. One thing you probably should have mentioned is, I mean, the amount of independent wrestling shows you've attended oh, exactly. <laughs> is, <laughs> is truly astounding. And uh, I know you guys are all going to the Rumble. Yeah. And, uh, just, uh, I guess, next month already because it's already December. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you're doing TakeOver that weekend also, correct, Two Chains? I am. I'm also doing the um... – the tribute to the troops show as well here in dc so is that like um, right before the holidays no that yeah it is december 13th if i'm not mistaken oh so that's right around the corner then that's awesome yep yep um is that part of like a smackdown taping or is that a completely separate deal if i'm not if i'm not mistaken because the tickets does say six o'clock um that it will be part of smackdown as well as 205 live oh there you, you're gonna have a quite a quite a big night on your hands there then i'm gonna be getting tickets next week we have the SmackDown crew coming through for a house show in February, and I will be attending that as part of my uh, 30th birthday celebration. Ah, there it is. There it is. Uh, um, John Cena hasn't been to town in four years, and he is advertised for that show. And I guess two quick news bits to start off before I get into one hellacious of a rant. Um, John Cena hosting Saturday Night Live. December 10th. He got a lot to live up to, that's, that's for sure, but he'll do it. He'll, he'll definitely do it. Do it. Well, and I think, I think, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure the show has been canceled by now that um, Maya Rudolph, formerly of SNL and Martin Short, they did um, like a variety show last year sometime. It was called Marty and Maya. And John Cena was a guest on one episode and did like two sketches, one of which he played like a Hulk Hogan type caricature. And he, right. he, had, he came off really well. And between that and the stuff, he's, you know, he was in a movie with Tina Fey and a movie with Amy Schumer. So, I think this is a pretty logical next step. And we saw what SNL did for The Rock however many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think that he's going to become even more of a superstar kind of cross-platforms here after next Saturday. Assuming off, it goes well, like I think it will. Off the limb, just right now, without thinking too hard, John Cena or The Rock, who would you take as, as, far, right. as, their, as far as their comedic uh, career? Well, that's kind of hard because John Cena is way, way in the early stages than The Rock is at this time. But if you think about even think the small, think even if you, but I mean, if you all right, if I have to take one, I definitely go Rock all day. Well, no, he rock said comedic day. though. I think Rock's like yeah, obviously the biggest action star on the planet right now. But I think John Cena's lane might be different. We saw the Marine didn't pan out well. Yeah, but the comedy stuff he's done has been great. I and I, and I agree too. I think John Cena definitely certainly has a career in um in 
a comedic cinematic uh, world, you know. I I think, like you say, he has a different lane, and I thought how he matched with Amy Schumer was flawless. So, and he was also in that movie Bad Moms as well, and that was absolutely funny. And like, I really can't look back at The Rock in in any um, comedic movies and think like it was really really good. Action, yeah, too, he got that in the crop. No, yeah, as you know. <laughs> remind him of remind him of that one, okay? <laughs> and don't forget, uh, the uh, John Cena was also had a, a cameo in uh, Mark Wahlberg's and Will Ferrell's movie. Uh, what was the name? Stepdad or what movie was that? Um, Daddy's home. Daddy's, Daddy's home. home. Daddy's home. And, and I think the other movie you meant to say was she. He was in Sisters with Tina Fey and Amy. Poehler. Sorry, yes, that you're right. You're movie. right. Bad yes. Moms is great too, though. I saw yeah. that as well. You're right. Yeah. Um, the other big news be I don't. I mean, it rolled across Twitter. I'm sure it's on the dirt sheets now. But when I was up early this morning, Nakamura won the NXT title back in Osaka, Japan, and uh, I'm assuming it was taped, but it was a live event in Osaka, Japan, um, this morning our time. Correct. So he will be. He's the second two-time NXT champion, and I saw that. I guess like I read some of the NXT spoilers and I don't mean to spoil too much. So fast forward a couple, like maybe two minutes fans, if you really don't want to know, but I saw that Bobby Roode is like the next number one contender and it would make more sense for him to face Nakamura in San Antonio than Joe, which begs the question is Joe getting called up finally? Like I wanted him to be for so long. I think Joe Joe will be in a rumble. Yep. (laughs) That's, okay, that's yeah. I don't know why I didn't even think of that. That's a great idea. Yeah, and I, I don't maybe, think maybe Joe eliminates Brock. Brock eliminates Goldberg. Joe eliminates Brock. Oh, that's too much. That's too much of a of a rub. Ooh, that's too much of a rub. <laughs> I think Goldberg should eliminate Dean Ambrose because Dean's gonna. I I mean, I'm assuming you guys predicted the same. I don't think Dean's coming out of this weekend with the title. I'd like nope. to see a double term where he takes out. James Ellsworth for interfering and costing him the match. I mean, but then again, I guess Joe's kind of healed too. Maybe that wouldn't work, but I'd like to see him get rub shoulders with someone that's kind of on the um, upper card to upper mid card. I think he's yeah. that caliber of a performer and you've got to strike while Joe's there because he's, is he 40 yet? Cause if he's not, he's pretty close. And with that, and with that being said too, I hope Joe does land on SmackDown cause that absolutely only makes sense. Yes, I agree. Because they're like one or two injuries away from being really thin, especially with Cena being, you know, in and out, in and out. And it sounds like he's not coming back all that soon. He may have booked another movie. So we shall see. Um, Joe's 37. He's 37. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's about how old AJ is too, I suppose. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think Kevin Owens is a little younger than that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else before I rant for a second? (laughs) <laughs> can we can we get a quick Dr. M uh woman's update of comparing Raw versus SmackDown? I, I, mean, I have to give his his that or is that part of your rant that Dr. It M is coming on it? It okay, is we'll wait, we'll wait. Doc, no, but Dr. M can get on the positive tip first and then I can tell him even though he has his doctorate why he's wrong. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have a direct question for you too as we get into that. <laughs> I really I really want to know if you can make any sense of why Emma is being repackaged. No, I can't. Um, I, I thought Emma was fine just the way she was before she got injured. And this whole makeover thing is, is problematic for a number of reasons. She doesn't need to be made over um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, her appearance and her character. Right. And uh, this this doesn't seem like a step forward. It feels like a step back. But we'll see. Does the makeover make you angry, Dr. M? Yes. That's absolutely. the point. That's the it makes point. Makes me angry. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like. 
Here, can I? I'll follow up with this. Did you see Emma in the title picture anytime soon when her current character? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, she, did. she had that feud with Becky Lynch, and we knew Becky Lynch was going to have the title as soon as it was announced. Yeah, but Emma's part of the Raw roster. Do you see her rubbing shoulders with Sasha Banks right now? I don't think I it would have been an immediate feud, but I think somewhere down the road, certainly. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Y'all think Emma was going to go to Raw initially? No, yeah. Emma is on Raw. Yeah, no, I mean, initially, Raw. no, initially, before, you know, her injury, when the, because when you think about the draft, most of the creative fuse before the draft ended up um, actually, the, the, the fuse actually partaked in the draft and went to that respective show. But don't so forget, like, Big Boobs was supposed to be paired with her, though, in the first place before she got paired with Charlotte. Who? Big Boobs. You know who Big Boobs Dana is. Dana Brooke. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I mean, obviously, she didn't have she didn't have a home to go to, so they just pushed her anywhere, you know. But well, yeah, I, I you know I just thought they was going to continue that feud. Dust was going to end up making um, both of them being drafted to Raw. I mean, SmackDown. But again, I don't see I don't see the reason why she's going to Raw either. That doesn't make sense. But poor Emma, she's getting repackaged, and now she's going to get buried because Here's Raw my- gets that there's other women on the roster. Here's my bold statement. Emma will be the Eve of Raw. Eve will have that, you know, that persona on SmackDown, and Emma or Emmalina will be that on Raw. That's so sad. Very sad. Uh, she actually did a movie. I bet it's that, terrible. That's pretty I sad. Bet I bet she should return tomorrow. I bet she I bet it's terrible. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm uh, sure it's terrible. As long as, long as the right. interest is grand. Start, well, start yeah. your engines, Aaron. Okay. Let, let us have it. Um, I'm just going to put some stuff on, on blast right now. Cause you know, obviously we're one of, uh, many podcasts or columnists or websites or, you know, video reviewers on YouTube or whatever that are going to do these year end rewards, including, you know, hopefully the slammies happen again. I haven't heard anything about them, but I always enjoyed the slammies, but yeah, a lot of people are going to sit there and they're going to say that Sasha Banks versus Charlotte was feud of the year or story of the year, whatever. And I want to tell everyone right now that you are either a millennial fan of wrestling or you're ignorant (laughs) if you think that that's the case. Oh. I will say that the match quality overall has been tremendous. No one can deny that. I think the match that they had on Raw this week was probably the best one. Do you guys agree with that? I I don't think so. Which one was your favorite? I have to think about it, but I didn't see anything – um, spectacular outside of what I've already seen, which leads me to think that there was already that match ha- has already been duplicated. Not Hell in the Cell for sure, but there was a there was absolutely another one that I thought was very more polished and uh, or uh, identical, but just longer. I mean, I I can't think of the last time we saw like a Falls Count Anywhere type of scenario. Um, then again, every time the Shield are in a match, it seems like Roman or someone's <laughs> brawling all over the crowd. But. <laughs> I yeah. really, I really dug the finish, the the submission on the guardrail. That was that um, was that was. I dug the the moonsault off the announce table. Um, I just thought there it was. They really built up Charlotte with the heel heat, you know, completely grounding and pounding uh, Sasha, only for Sasha to kind of come back at the end. I thought it was a cool story within that match, but you know, I heard I heard on a, a podcast this week that they were comparing these two to kind of like. Brett and Sean's rivalry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a, it's such an unjust comparison because you look at Brett and Sean, they kind of, Brett ascended the ranks 
a little earlier than Sean because he's a little older. They, um, I believe they had some initial battles over the Intercontinental Championship um, and certainly in the tag division with the Rockers and the Hart Foundation. And, um, you know, you have to th keep in mind, this was stretched over years. You had the classic Iron Man match. You had the, um, you know, the Canada disrespect stuff that Sean was doing with Degeneration X. All of it culminating, of course, in the infamous Survivor Series match. And, you know, again, this was years and years. Some of it was based on real life heat, too. You, you think about the Sunny Days comment. And uh, it's just such a classic historic rivalry. You can fast forward and talk about other just historic rivalries that lasted several years and stood the test of time. You think about Austin Rock. To a shorter extent, um, chronologically, you think about Angle and Lesnar, stuff like that. Think about what these two have done, and it hasn't even taken place within a calendar year. You know, you had the PCB versus, what were the other teams? Team Bad versus Team Bellas or something to start last mm -hmm. year. That all stretched out to Nikki eventually losing the title and going away with their injury. And then you kind of built up Charlotte. The triple threat at Mania was historic for the fact that it took place and represented what it represented, which was a turn in the culture of wrestling uh, with females specifically. And then you, you think about what they've done with that title. Sasha's won it three different times on free TV in matches that were not built up terribly far in advance. <clears throat> Charlotte mm -hmm. has looked far better considering she's won on the bigger stages at, at pay-per-views, having yet to lose on pay-per-view uh, since she's joined the main roster. And then Mick Foley's comments kind of led you to believe that this was the culminating uh, pinnacle match in the feud and we're going to go a different direction starting on Monday, even though theoretically Charlotte is owed a rematch clause for that title. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's been built up as a story. And, it, you know, they've been put in some of these main event slots. But did the feud deserve the main event slots each time? I would say maybe in the cell it did because that was the first cell match. But then again... You know, we had kind of gone away from Sasha and Charlotte for a while only to kind of come back to it and be like, well, we're going to do this match because we want to be the first females in a cell. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm old school, but the way I was brought up, you got in a cell because you had some serious beef to settle, and then that was it. Win, lose, or draw, you two were going your separate ways and saying, all right, that's it. And only now that, you know, they do the cell match, they both come out and wrestle pretty much the next well, – I don't know if Sasha did, but Charlotte did – and then two weeks later or whatever, they have another match as Survivor Series. And then two weeks later, another match on Raw. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like it's the issue's been forced so much that it's really diluted the whole story. And, like, yes, they've accomplished a lot for female wrestling, and that's a historic thing. But I don't know. How historic is it really if the story sucked? All right, let me ask you this. Now, Aaron, I absolutely agree with you as far as why this should not be the feud of the year, but who would you give it to? The feud of the year? Oh, you um, can't spoil that. I mean, I can't. you're trying to cheat. I can't spoil that, that but I will say um, <laughs> it, it'd, be between, it'd be between two feuds, one which involves a person who can only be described as awesome, or oh, yes. I might even yes. go as far as um, – putting a lot of these people that I'm going to list in the net in the feud of the year on a certain list. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Sounds good. Sounds I good. mean, you could even really, depending on what happens on total nonstop deletion in two weeks time, you could even give it to that because 
nothing has go. been more buzzworthy than the broken Matt Hardy thing this year. There you go. You know, yeah, you definitely got. That's not really a feud. It's like maybe Matt Hardy with um, versus Logic, but it's a good story. <laughs> Matt Hardy will end up on one of your one of your answers for any year rewards for sure. There's no question. But that um, decay versus um, the broken Matt Hardy family, so to say, um, has definitely been worth a nomination if you ask me. But I think to answer your question, though, um, I think the Hell in the Cell has been symbolized. Or symbolic for the end of fuse, and you're right, we're we're beefs in, and you know that's where it should be. So I never thought of it that way, and I've definitely liked to allude to being the old school like type of like when it came to the attitude era, where like like I always say, when you have a beef, you come out, you handle it then, and I think that definitely goes hand in hand with how Hell in the Sales has been booked. Right. So, well, wouldn't you wouldn't you even say it sort of buries the stipulation a little bit? You think about what. Like one of my favorite cell matches, I was actually in attendance for Edge versus Taker. And another one that comes to mind that really meant something was the culmination of the Batista Triple H feud. I believe it was at Vengeance 2005. And like here, you had this Hell in a Cell card where they booked three cell matches just because they could book them. I think the only feud that really deserved it, and even then I would say it's questionable, was Roman and Rusev. Yeah. Hmm. Right. I don't know. It's just. And it, it's. it's it's gonna. I'm gonna bring up very similar sentiment when we talk about 205 Live later in this episode. It definitely makes that feud very oversaturated for sure. And now we really don't even have a sort of say of a destination of when this feud is going to end because I like and I think how Silly Sellers has been booking it too. We expect this title to uh, switch hands a couple of more times, and mm-hmm. and with how this uh, feud is being booked as well, it just doesn't even make sense for Bailey to be involved because not at all. Yeah, her her character does not fit this mode by any means. Yeah, the You're whole right, even the whole invasion with Bailey seemed way out of place. So when she was like stomping people on on SmackDown Live. Yeah, yeah, kind of weird. And it just makes you work again. It makes you, and I'm, I'm sure the doctor is going to have some words with this as well. But it just makes you wonder, like, do they really know what to do with the women talent that they have? I mean, granted, they only use three of them, sort of say. <laughs> and then when you do try to bring up, you know, your next, you your your next big view, you miss you're mishandling it. And I don't know. And you could say SmackDown's doing the exact opposite because. You know, I've really enjoyed Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, and I'm, I'm assuming that's going to culminate here on Sunday. Carmella, Nikki, to a lesser extent, but yeah, I, I mean, if they can build up a heel Nikki Bella versus babyface Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 33, I think that's going to be a huge success. Yep, well deserved too, because she didn't deserve what happened to her right. as far as not being in the Survivor Series mm-hmm. match. And um, yeah, yeah. People got to remember she she was the longest reigning diva and you know put some spec on her name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Is uh, any other? I, yeah, go I ahead. Sorry. The, um, yeah, the Sasha Charlotte feud has been. Um, yeah, the booking has been odd. I will admit that, but um, I I wasn't upset with the extra match on this past RAW because. While I agree that Hell in a Cell should be a culminating match, as it has been in the past, I think everyone will admit that the ending to their Hell in a Cell match was not all that satisfactory, right? So to me, it kind of made sense that they kind of tried again and had a nice sort of definitive match. And that match they had this past Raw, I thought was great. That's a good point, Dr. M, that they did need to kind of make up for that. And I suppose if you look at it that way, that 
it is a success in that way. That's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, I, I actually agree. I don't know if it was you who said it, um, Aaron, but I think it was the best match that they had um, in this rivalry because I think it was um, the most physical. It seemed like the most it seemed the most smooth flowing of all the matches they've had, and they've had good matches. Um, and overall, yeah, this it, part of me kind of appreciates that the WWE isn't going the traditional route with this feud. Um, because we are essentially getting that on SmackDown, right? And um, I'm kind of just kind of borrowing from JR, uh, Jim Ross's blog. I forgot how many days he posted this, but um, he was responding to people who are um, upset about kind of the hot potato with the women's title. And JR pointed out that, well, at the end of the day, is this not making you appreciate women's wrestling, which certainly was not the case about, what, a year and a half, two years ago, right? right? Um, when Sasha and Charlotte have a match, um, I don't care if it's after Hell in a Cell or not, when they have a match, I sit down and watch. I don't necessarily do the same thing for most of the other superstars on Raw. I'm usually multitasking, right? Mm -hmm. But when they come on TV, I, I pay attention. And I think that's a testament to the fact that, is the story great? Probably not, but their matches are great. And I think that's what matters. Yeah, that matters, and I agree. Like that match on Raw this past week was absolutely great, but I think it was a good way to protect Charlotte and Sasha. You had to have Charlotte win on the pay per view to keep her undefeated on the pay per view. But at the end of the day, you want Charlotte to go into—I mean, I'm sorry—you want Sasha to go into WrestleMania season with the belt because, again, like I always said, I think that your money match at the end of the day for WrestleMania is Bailey versus Sasha. I think we won't see Hot Potato with the title from now until WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to really say that from a rant perspective that I honestly genuinely feel in my heart that Sasha is just sort of say a B-list wrestler. I feel like she's only as good as these matches is because of how good Charlotte is. Um, Sasha is so sloppy. She's very de detrimental to her own self, especially um, I wish she would just stop the um, dive to the outside of the ring, the suicide dive. And um, it's rare that you've seen Sasha with an OMG moment in any of these matches. So I don't feel like she's sort of, say, elevating her moveset or um, actually elevating these spots um, in these spotlight matches that she's getting. I feel like uh, Charlotte is. Charlotte is um what the ufc uses ronda rousey to be because she does all the big um tours and interviews and um she's just really great as much as she's a heel she's very she is very still likable and um i really honestly feel that if it really wasn't for her being in this feud sasha who still has been running the same gimmick for since nst um wouldn't be very acceptable as much people as riding her bandwagon. And like me and uh, Silly Sellers kind of agreed on the last show, I, Charlotte's been more of the boss than Sasha's been to her own gimmick. Yeah, you're not wrong. She, I think that gimmick worked a lot better in, you know, venues that seated a couple thousand, not, mm -hmm. you know, tens of thousands. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good point, man. And I wonder how long she'll have the title and even how effective in a, a feud with Bailey could or would be, you know what I think would be a really great reset to the whole thing? 
have Nia Jax challenge and subsequently just utterly decimate her and take the title at Roadblock. I'm with it. That's compelling to me. I'm with it. And then the story becomes, who's going to take Nia Jax down? You send Bailey at her, and then you send Sasha at her, and maybe finally at WrestleMania, it's Nia Jax and Charlotte. That's a match that I wouldn't mind seeing. Doctor, would be a you, cool match. Um, right? would, you, would you agree with me, Doctor M, if I said they should have built Nia Jax like Karma would have been? That would have been nice, yeah. Um, and I mean, I think I think it's an, definitely sometime in 2017, Nia Jax is going to be the women's champ. I don't think anyone can really deny that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and Charlotte and Nia Jax, that would be a great match. Mm-hmm. I think Sasha and Bailey could work, but Sasha just needs to go heal. Yeah, I don't. I'm Sasha not really is at her best face, when she's right. a heel. Now, now you're talking. And uh, if they if they can kind of switch that back, um, I think that's definitely a money match. Um, I mean, Sasha is just she just has that magnetism about her. I think that's why she is constantly in the title picture and in the main event. When she's on TV, people tune in, right? Um, heel or face, but I think more is a heel. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a heel. Sasha versus Face Bailey at WrestleMania, I think that'd be money. I mean, that's the same recipe that you have for NST TakeOver Brooklyn. So, mm-hmm. you know, as, as stellar as that match was and definitely match of the year candidate for last year, um, you can if you can duplicate that by any means, it's going to be great, especially on the stage of WrestleMania. But absolutely, mm-hmm. Sasha as a heel is is the way to go. Um, Bailey, uh, a.k.a. female John Cena, I mean, when you think about that, it's it's going to be great. Though might they might be your two most marketable women in WWE at this at this point. So well, why not ride with them? And who's to say those two couldn't have a grudge match at WrestleMania that had nothing to do with the title? True. Like, is there anything to prevent us from having more than two women's matches this year? That's what I was about to say. Like, would would you guys be opening if we had for a non-title match? We have a heel Sasha against Bailey, and just have a thirty-minute Iron Woman match that can open WrestleMania. Would you be against that? I mean, they're not going to book that on Mania because it's such a stat card already. But I think they go WrestleMania being six hours now. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess maybe we would have room for it. I think a ten to twelve-minute match would be sufficient. You could leave gotcha. people wanting more. But no, I I think, and I can't think if there's ever been a Mania where the women have been the curtain jerkers on the main show. That could be kind of a cool thing too you know mm-hmm. i um unless Kalisto and the usos aren't involved they will forever be the pre-show kings uh, you're, you're missing one person who baron corbin oh, yeah, Corbin. well to, to be fair i don't think they're gonna stop cashing them checks so <laughs> oh, exactly <laughs> it's all good um with that being said real quick aaron how many matches do you think we get uh uh from the women's this year at mania yeah. Am I counting pre-show? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think because of Total Divas, you have to feature people who may, you know, likely wouldn't otherwise be on the card in a multi-woman sort of tag situation like the one last year, which I found to be very enjoyable. Um, I did. It was there. enjoyable. Um, but I think you do some sort of a Total Divas multi-diva tag match. I think you... I do think Charlotte and Nia Jax is the way to go on Raw. I think Becky versus Nikki on SmackDown for that title. I mean, you could get, you count the tag, you count the two titles, and you maybe do a singles on each side as well. You could get five, and I'm not saying all of them are going to be on the main card, but I don't know. I'd, I'd much rather see to a certain extent, you know, Bailey versus Sasha and maybe like Carmella and Alexa Bliss versus 
two babyface people on SmackDown than I would like a 10 woman match. I don't know. Think about how many you go back and watch WrestleMania as a past. How many of those like Can Am connection 10 man tags do you fast forward through? Because you just don't care. But <laughs> I'd stop and watch a singles that lasted, you know, eight to 10 minutes. That's fine with me. But I realistically, I think three. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. No more than three. That yeah, re realistically, it'll probably be three. Because you got to think, it's going to be a pretty stacked show. I, I can only assume we're going to get Taker and Cena finally at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Brock and Lesnar, so that's like a minute and a half right there. Um, I'm just I'm joking. Um, <laughs> if it was me, though, to be honest with you, I think John Cena should wrestle AJ Styles for the world title in the main event. If we're going to really go there and talk about WrestleMania right now, the way that, that that ended at SummerSlam, you could easily come back to that, and that's how they should have been booking stuff like Sasha versus Charlotte in the first place. Right. Come back to this. It's this amazing rivalry that we keep revisiting, and like Cena has something to prove because AJ beat him clean at Twice. SummerSlam. Well, he didn't beat him clean the first time, well, but he beat him yeah. clean at SummerSlam. Yeah. I agree. I think uh... – it's better than some derivative match with The Undertaker that's like, we're going to do this match because these two guys are really big and we're going to do this match because we can, not because it's necessarily the compelling story. Right. But, but let's be honest, though. That's not wasn't necessarily the most compelling thing, but they really booked themselves out of that corner with all the DXNWO stuff. I was gonna, losing was stupid. I was going to say, but let's be honest, though. Uh, literally, that's how main event bookings for their big – the big four has been has been who who's just the, mo the most like because we can do this type of matches let's do it which is why you're going to see kurt angle return to wwe sometime in the next 18 months and you're going to see him get beat by brock lesnar at some point <laughs> we haven't seen that match in 12 years let's dust it off and see what it looks like now right exactly the kurt angle doesn't die oh man like and and then you think because you got to think Kurt Angle is the next guy that's going to be like the two K seventeen guy. That's not even so far fetched. That's what's so and then and, but then after that, I was thinking about this. This is so off topic of what we plan to talk about. But who, if you put Kurt on there for WWE two K eighteen, who's next? Like who who is there another big name out there that people are clamoring for? Kurt seems um, to be the only one I can think of besides Goldberg. I think you just look around at, at other promotions to see, um, depending on financials, uh, uh, you know, financial issues coming up on with TNA or maybe free agents and ROH. You look at people who don't have a home, sort of saying they're looking for a way to introduce them. So, but, but I'm, I'm talking more in terms of that legend that we haven't seen in a while that people are clamoring for. Like, no, I, I for sure think we we're going to see the Young Bucks in WWE next year because their contract's up in about three weeks, and they'd be stupid not to sign a one year deal in WWE. I was thinking, I mean, I was thinking somebody like, um, who just came to my, who just came? I mean, like, it wouldn't be far fetched to see the Hardy Boys make a return. Yeah. But would the Hardy Boys be a big enough name to be the 2K18 cover athlete? Broken Matt Hardy is, is a huge name right now. And he's if you a huge name to wrestling name. fans. Is he a huge name yeah. to Joe I don't think he's a huge name. Yeah. Is he a big, is he a big name so. to sell games? That's what you're saying. I know yeah. who is, though. Is he going to sell – yeah, is he going to sell games? But who do you think sell, sell us? I think CM Punk. He was going to cover of no. 2K11. And basically, if you put it to 2019 – it's basically like six years by the time that he's been back. Yeah, six years but is enough time where you know 
He's I not going to want to do all that promo work. I would equate his beef to what, to what Warrior had with WWE, and how long did that take to come around? I, that, <laughs> I think true, CM Punk, you might as well multiply that by two. That's a Maybe. good question, though. I, Maybe. I'm definitely going to think about that for a while. That's a, that's a good good question. I mean, if you're going to put CM Punk on there, you might as well put Mickey Gall on there because he has his number. <laughs> I, I fear Mickey Gall. <laughs> oh, no. Isn't that crazy how Mickey Gall is relevant out of people's mouths who's only fought, like, two matches ever? You know what I mean? Like, that's He's crazy. hilarious, though. I love Mickey Gall. He'd be such a great heel. He's going to be like, you know who's lame? The Undertaker. <laughs> Triple H, get oh. Conor McGregor in the WWE for, oh my for, God. for three WWE. months. <laughs> so good. I love it, it Conor. It would change the culture. Change the culture. He, he'll have to come on at the 10 o'clock every oh, day. They'd have to go TVMA for sure. <laughs> if it's like that show Atlanta I've been watching, they'd probably oh be allowed like three, three curse good. words on the on the air. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like halfway through that, I'm watching On Demand. That show is tight. I couldn't get into the first episode and, had, and couldn't go back. It took me a little bit too. It took me a little bit. I would like by episode three, it started to get really fun. There's this one episode where the rapper Paperboy plays um, a charity basketball game in Atlanta and Justin Bieber shows up, but they have like this young, cocky black guy play Justin Bieber. <laughs> He's like dropping like very racially charged language, but like everyone in the episode sees him as white Justin Bieber, which, Bieber, which is what kind of, I'm sure it's some sort of commentary, but. It was really funny. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. thanks for giving me something to watch. I yeah, Atlanta's. I it's, only, like, what am I? it's only ten episodes too, um, and yeah. I did not realize that the the uh, the star of the show is what's his name, um, Childish, Ga- Childish Gambino. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that he was the, yep. the same as Childish Gambino. And he's Shout also to that be, new CD he just dropped. I know. You yeah, got it. I haven't heard listened to it yet. I saw it came out. He's going to be um, Lando Calrissian in the Han Solo movie. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. We're getting way off topic yeah. now. Um, when, um, I have to jet in like five minutes, but um, you guys can continue the discussion. I know we still wanted to discuss the premiere of 205 Live. Um, I didn't see it. For that. I didn't <laughs> see it, and I, I want to make a commentary about that too. I'm really rant-heavy because I haven't recorded it in like two months. We're <laughs> loving it. Did, what, can I just add, so who watched it? Did you who watched I watched, it? I watched, I watched it. it. I did too. Watch it. I, have, I, have a, I have a really big confession about saying I watched it. I literally watched it and did not even realize I was watching it and didn't realize that I thought I, I was missing stuff. I had on mute the whole time. Like it, it went by so fast. I'm not sure it if that's did. a good or a bad thing, but I'm just I wasn't even aware that I watched three matches and that was it. I was, was like, it an, that it's an anything? hour like NXT. Yeah, yep, straight hour. So D Wayne, you I'm did you not watch it, D Wayne? D Wayne is in a principal. So <laughs> I personally, and here's my thing. I personally just don't care about it. Me neither. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> and I hate to say this because, like, I can't take the cruiserweight division serious. Like, maybe one day I'll be able to take it serious. Right now, tell me, like, tell me why, D Wayne, because I want to know if you and I are on the same page here. I also don't take it seriously, and I, I can't tell you the last time I actually watched a full cruiserweight match because I fast forward through them on Raw these days. Mm. Yeah. Why, I, why I, don't you I take it seriously? Match. One, first of all, I hate the purple belt. That's just, yeah. I hate it. Well, just, I, you know, I agree, but what else? Lack of character development. I think they really haven't put any development to it. It's just like. That's why they have having a show. <clears throat> even if they have the show, it's just like they bring out the same storyline for a different person. The same oh, character. Kind of like 
same. It was kind of like the same character for a different person that we just heard about two weeks before. It's just like, it's just like I don't think they know what to do with them yet. I think what they did with the CWC is what they were supposed to do. Now they say, oh yeah, we saw the success of the CWC. Let's have a cruiserweight division now. Oh my God, I don't know what to do with them. That's just like. They're, they're just like building up all of these intellectual properties and making programming out of it, not yes. thinking you have an audience that's getting to the saturation point. We Think about how much televised wrestling we have in the year 2016, not oh just God. WWE, but across the board. It's why I haven't been able to watch ROH in months as much as I adore some of the talent on that show. And I know, too, James, you're going to cover how great of a show Final Battle was last night. But you, you have 205 Live, you have NXT, you have Raw, you have SmackDown, you have Talking Smack, which is my favorite show of the week, folks. Um, and then you have, like, the lesser shows. I know they just canceled Superstars, but I think main event is still a thing. <laughs> and then you're going to have this all-women tournament. You're going to have the Cruiserweight Classic, I'm assuming, happen on 205 Live next year. You're going to have... You know, I think so the women's shows. tournament is taking over for the CWC. Okay, well, good. Um, it's just, it's a lot to watch. And if they're not telling stories with the cruiserweights, why would I go out of my way to watch more flips and kicks? And not that that's what all the cruiserweights do, but I just love how much Michael how, Cole. how seriously it was, how seriously it was taken in the cruiserweight classic, and how like bottled and like homogenized it's been since it's been on Raw. I think they're doing a really big disservice to a lot of really talented people, and. Um, I don't know. It's it seems to be the way with entertainment though, if you think about it, like we're gonna put all these shows on demand because people wanna binge watch everything. Content, content, content. Like, just to be clear, it's been a really abysmal month for me as a music fan. The new Metallica album came out and I like about maybe fifty percent of the songs on it. The new Avenged Sevenfold record come out, I like even less of it. The new Green Day record came out and it sounds like stock Green Day. It's just like I don't know. Am I am I getting to be an old jaded man, or is, is there some faults to be had here with the wrestling product, folks? I, I, you know what? This is why this is the magic when we're all when we all get together because we all have very very different perspectives where mm -hmm. some of us agree with certain um, aspects and some of us don't. Now, agreed. Yes, there's a lot of um, material to watch right now, and I think by no. I don't. I don't think it's a crime to not watch it all. You know, to be a wrestling fan doesn't mean yeah. you have to watch everything that's out. However, we we as in wrestling fans were complaining because this um, Cruiserweights was not used successfully on Raw, right? Um, but before the CWC even happened, a lot of us didn't even know who these guys were. So, granted, the CWC success is because it was new. And you, you was able to um, gravitate to certain wrestlers that you were a fan of. You did get, sort of say, have a cultural background minus a small personal background of them, and you got to and you and you got to be a fan of you know the different styles that was being displayed. Sort of say your favorite indie wrestler now is on TV at your own pleasure to watch at any time. So yeah. yes. It was an epic film of Raw because they say, oh, well, oh, everybody likes all these guys. Let's just put them on there and, you know, let them fight a match and that's it. Now with 205 Live, you are getting to see the personal side of them. So you are really character developing um, these people and you're doing it on the fly. Granted, this is not happening on Battleground or this is not happening on Tough Enough. Their skills have already been displayed. Now you get to see 
essentially who these people were before they became WWE superstars. So for one episode, I think it's really hard for people to say, like, it's not good, you know? And it's crazy. The crazy thing about it is, as bad as Michael Cole booking has been for the Cruiserweights for all this high-flying and how fast they are, Jack Gallagher is not that style, yet the fans loved him. He's very special in the ring. He's very different. Um, Granted, he has a little mustache like um, the Bob Villains. Yet he stands out as being the highlight of that show over Rich Swan, over um, Brian Kendrick. Rich Swan won the title, right? He did. Indeed. But Jack Gallagher was the talk on Twitter, if you ask me. So they've had three people with that title already. But you know where the character development is happening, though? I I would I would disagree that there's no character development happening because it is happening, but it's just not happening where anyone is seeing it. Like it's happening on WWE's YouTube channel. Right. I don't know if you all ever have a Good chance point. to like check that out, but like after Raw sometimes they'll put up like like backstage interviews with like the various superstars. And like the past couple of weeks, there's been really interesting interviews with Tony Nese and Drew Gulak, Noam Dar, some of these cruiserweights that we see on TV. But those interviews never make it to Raw or to SmackDown, and, um, to some extent, not to 205 Live. So I think the issue is not that there's not character development, because that's not true. The issue is that the character development is like not being advertised to anyone, well, um, unless you regularly visit YouTube.com slash WWE and look at the videos. That's Good an indictment then of them making Stop. it a sideshow as opposed to like actual characters. Um, yeah. But I'm glad so you pointed that out, because I might check that out. I have to go, you guys, but continue this conversation, and I will try to make it again for the award show, okay? Good, good stuff, Aaron. That. Glad you're back, man. Yep. See you guys. So basically- hey, Marcus, I got a quick question. Do you believe that the, that that culture is being brought upon because that's actually what you had to do for indie talent anyway? You had to go find them? You had mm-hmm. to find out wh- where they were going to be booked or what was going on in their storylines? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but... Uh... I don't know. I, you might be right. It's just weird that WWE, and it's not just the cruiserweights. That's a lot of the the stars in WWE that you don't really get to hear much from on TV. You go on their YouTube channel, like like I said, really interesting backstage interviews where you actually start to get to know the characters a little bit more. And um, so it just it just what, trying to say is, what? So what you're trying to say is I have to go watch some more wrestling. Saturation of wrestling to get some character development. No, but, but this time it's not just it's not wrestling though. These are like one minute interviews backstage yeah. where like. But you're telling me I have to take time out to do that. Well, yeah. If you want to get to know, apparently right now that's what we have to do. It, but this 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 should be done over t- television. This oh, I completely agree. <laughs> but that's, but that's that's happening on two hundred five live. You know. Yeah, like I appreciated two hundred five live. Um, I do. I actually watched it when it premiered, and uh, I mean the matches were were pretty good. And if y'all noticed, they had like some vignettes. They had one with Noam Dar. They had one, I think, with the Bollywood Boys. Like we were actually starting to get to know them. Bollywood Boys was actually the best one. That was actually the best one with the Bollywood Boys. So this this is what I'm going for the next month. I'm going to watch every episode two or five live. Four episodes. Yeah, next month, four, four episodes. I'm watching. <laughs> and then I'm going to give you my analysis. That's fair. I think everybody should do that. But, but D-Wayne, to, to go to your point, though, I understand what you're saying, and that's why some of the problem is with those big or larger crowds 
at those um at these cruiserweight classic type of matches because if you have fans like D Wayne who will go to a Raw or go to a SmackDown and not know who these guys are because they don't look at the network heavily they don't look at those YouTube channels that's why the reaction is so lame when yeah. you go to those smaller venue shows like in uh, uh Full Sail and you have everybody's amped up you have your hardcore wrestling fans who do the research who do the independent shows like Two Chains has been done a lot this year who knows these guys, who knows what they've been doing on these other independent circuits, and then they have the appreciation for them. So that's why WWE needs to make sure, if you want people to know these guys, you have to make it more, and like Dr. M agreed, you have to make it more available where it's easier than to access instead of searching all over the place and trying to track all this content. Now, granted, AJ Styles could have been a nobody to people if if you were just hiding under the rock for like the last 15 years of your life. And they didn't have to do that for him because he was just a big enough star, and they did they did all the adequate stuff to promote him correctly. They cannot do that with 15 people. Thus, that means they have to do specials, YouTube, and such and such for these people. So if you are invested in the Cedric Alexander, then go look for him, you know? Because it's great. I I put it this way. A lot of us like Xavier Woods, not because we know a lot about him, not because he gets a lot of matches, yeah, he gets some mic time to be silly, but a lot of people like him because he's so relatable. Yeah. He's and, and yes, and up, up, down, down is the epitome of saying, Oh yeah, I like that game too. Oh like, man, he's just as crazy as I am at times. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, get that. Here's my issue. It's not the simple fact that you it's it's not the simple fact that you gotta be for offensive people. It's the simple fact that you should take one or two and have me invest time in that one or two. And once I invest time in that one or two, maybe I'll invest time in everyone else. But I think I think the issue with that is that people are going to quickly get tired of those one and twos. I think that's what happened with, um, with T.J. Perkins, T.J. Perkins and Brian Kendrick. Like people got tired of that few really quick, and both those guys are super talented. I don't. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't like T.J. Perkins. I don't think I people like. I don't think people like T.J. Perkins too much because it just seems kind of ripped, like ripped offish. I think people do like Brian Kendrick, and Brian Kendrick is helping elevate other talent. Mm-hmm. So he's the veteran that's that's pulling the crew. But like I've been saying for a while, I think T.J. Perkins is a better heel. I like him as a face as far as how social he is with everybody online and all that other stuff from, on that aspect. But I think he puts on um, a, a more of a better wrestling show working as a heel. So I think he's going to turn heel next year. No question. No question. I would love to see him pair it with Brian Kendrick and just be mm-hmm. like straight vigilantes in the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. You need some – you. Because all the heels right now in the cruise race right now, that's kind of like, oh well, he's a face, so I'm the opposite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not not but, doing heelish things. But two chains. The Tony one needs, by the way, needs to be a face. The one thing that we also even mentioned this too, and maybe because we're we're, we're we back Cedric Alexander so much, they really have to be careful with him because you don't want him to take these unnecessary losses where his character development is not being developed as a face. And I personally think he's better as a heel too. Because two chains. Remember, I will always go back to this match. When he was uh, a heel, when we went to uh, Death Before Dishonor and ROH and Cedric was fighting Moose, Cedric was his best at the heel when he, like, told the story in the ring. So they need to build off of that to let him elevate it and maybe be the leader of that cruiserweight division. I have to say, though, I'm very, very pleased with how they're using Cedric right now because as soon as they unleash him, it's a wrap for everybody around him. Absolutely. (laughs) So keep this guy under hush and get everybody else elevated because – at any I moment, it's going. It's it's over for the cruiserweight division. I, I, I said this last. I said this last podcast. It's his division to lose. To be honest, with you. everyone knows that. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's he is the next big star. And um Although I like what they're doing with Rich Swan too. Me too. And I, I'm I'm glad that he, he is the second person to be a, a third person now to carry the um the title. They should have did this for Kofi on the main roster, in my opinion. Same thing they did with Rich Swan. <laughs> should have did with Kofi. I mean that Randy me and Dr. M always talk about that Randy Orton feud that they just blew out the water with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um I feel like it was something else. What, what what else were we talking about? I feel like something else we just kind of like got a, got on the side of. Um, 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 um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I was going to say. So, um, we talked about the success of the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, for the um women's classic. So I guess it's what's going to be the WC, whatever it is, whatever it's going to be. Um. There's going to be a lot of success in that as well, just because they're going to, all they have to do is duplicate the CWC. But remember, it's going to we're going to we're going to kind of fall into the same, if you want to say, trick, because it's going to be a lot of women that we seen around or heard about that's going to be displayed to our lecture on the um, on the um, WWE network. But yet we're going to get ready to get some background story. Now, granted, somebody like uh, Diana Peraza, who's on the NXT. Uh, who's on NXT time to time? Really, really very talented, but not really getting much done. Uh, getting much out of her at, at the current time. So when we get to see her in the tournament, where you get to see her more used and her skills be able to be more displayed. Uh, and another example is Billy Kay as well too, who's also very talented. Um, I think that you know, with the guys who are easier to gravitate to, with they're setting the the landmine, the land map right now with the CWC two two oh five, I think we're gonna get a better all product from the women's tournament overall over next year. If you get what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I I, I think that as well. And it's but personally I think that because the women's division is more established, it's gonna help them after the um, women's classic. Yeah, because I, I think right now, I mean the women's classic sounds very, very exciting, but I think there are people that's cringing us like, oh man, I hope they don't end up on Raw or SmackDown and just being misused. So I think with the 205 uh, map being laid out right now, that we have a good, they have a good opportunity to successfully be implemented onto the WWE roster without any like really fallbacks, you know? It should be interesting because I'm starting to think that WWE is getting to the point where they have too many people employed. um, because even with like the brand split and cruise rates having their own show and stuff now there's still some people that we don't see on tv you know very much right and so um i'm just wondering at what point is the bubble going to burst here right because you can only have but so many shows right and uh it'll it'll just be interesting to see dr Um, i absolutely agree just to add to that because if you think of people like ember moon ember moon like maximize herself. So if you do have a woman's classic and you have 32 wrestlers, I think 16 needs to come from NXT and 16 needs to come from other areas. So instead of like uh, different countries they spotlight it, do mm-hmm. NXT versus the versus other independents. Well, granted, a lot of those NXT women um, women wrestlers are on these like exclusive like indie like I guess you could say contracts. So you almost have no choice but to give them that spotlight. You know. Right. Not sort of say like they're full time NXT wrestlers, but you know you got to give them a chance to be able to display themselves to an extent. So, right. Um, I I I got I got a lot of like intrigue for it, and I think it's going to be great. Plus, I'm, I mean, I'm not as big as this fan as the doctor. I would never take that shot, but I am pro uh-huh. women's wrestling. 
Um, doctor, uh, can we give you a second to recap or just rant about any particular issues you've seen over Raw and SmackDown over this past week? We got Aaron's perspective, and I feel like you're itching to get something off as well. Oh, man, I don't know if I <laughs> have a, a rant about anything. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i not upset really about anything that's going on right now um, outside of I am looking forward to TLC coming and going <laughs> um, <laughs> because as much as I root for the SmackDown brand because they're doing a lot with a much uh, thinner roster, uh, I... I can't sit through another Nikki Bella and Carmella match. Um, That's been pretty I'm, brutal as well, too. Bad yeah. stars at all. I'm also. I'm. I mean, as 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 great as Ziggler and the Miz are, I'm so sick of that feud. Um, <laughs> I mean, the AJ and Dean Ambrose. I think it's good in part because James Ellsworth has just added so much to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just ready for SmackDown to hit the reset button because I mean they've done a nice job developing these storylines, but you can only beat a dead horse for so long. And I, I feel like once TLC like comes and goes, I'll be a little bit more interested in the SmackDown product. I, I, I'm right with you on that. Um, I'm going to shoot a couple other questions to you. And I definitely want to just cover ROH before we uh, end the show for tonight. Um, NST TakeOver San Antonio. Oscar is still your current champion right now. Who do you think is even worthy of pairing with uh, with her for that match? And you can go any perspective on this. Somebody that can come down, somebody that's already on NST roster, or maybe a legend to return or whatever it could be. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really, I like what they did with Mickey James coming back and challenging. And I almost think... WWE or NXT should do a storyline where, because I don't think Ember Moon is quite ready yet. Um, I don't think it'll be too long, but I'm not, I wouldn't be all that interested in an Ember Moon Oscar feud just yet. Agreed. But um, you know who I think they should bring back? I think they should bring Karma back <laughs> and have her challenge Asuka at NXT TakeOver. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because I think that would be a great way to really. I mean, Asuka's already established herself as the most dominant, but if she can take out Karma, right, then people are going to be really asking the question, who can beat her, right? Because, yeah, she took out Mickey, but, I mean, that wasn't a big shock. Yeah. Um, but if she can do the same thing to Karma yeah. in, in San Antonio, then, I mean, she would really cement herself as probably the most dominant NXT women's champ, and it would make Ember finally beating her all that greater. Or just vacate the title. I mean, how bad? bad? I'll say vacate it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that'd just be like, you know, that'd be awesome. I'm trying mm -hmm. to use family-friendly words there. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for NST San Antonio, NST TakeOver San Antonio, no matter if you guys have fully decided if you're going to go or not. But, again, um, that arena has really good seats and views for minimal price, only $20. You know, $20 is my favorite price for any type of wrestling show. So, It's, it's um, like an automatic entry for you. Yeah, yeah, $20 is, you know, that's like a lounge. You cut the grass, you get $20. So <laughs> <laughs> can't go wrong there. Um, okay, so I am the only member of the crew, this two chains, that has that got to watch uh, ROH Final Battle and um, – 
I'm sure that the crew is going to get a chance to at least try to highlight some of the matches from last night. But yeah, it was totally, totally dope. Like very, 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 very good. Um, again, this was their um, end of the year pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. And no way to do an end of the year show without going out with a bang. And it had every bit of it. First thing I want to spotlight is that um, throughout the progression of, of the uh, car, matches got better and better and better, which is one thing I always um, I always like to say about uh, Russell Kingdom. They do the same type of booking. WrestleMania, um, excuse me, WWE does not. I feel like they'll put a highlight match. I, I feel like WWE plays around on what may be taking viewers away. So considering like a show making their debut that night, they may not put a good match around the nine o'clock era and stuff like that. But um, nonetheless, I feel like um, New Japan and ROH, they just slowly, slowly increased each match better and better. But um, not to just, not to actually go over each match, but I'll just, you know, spotlight a, a few of them. The first thing I want to say is Justin Thunder Liger. I cannot believe he's still wrestling. Um, Last night, it really hit me when they say he made his debut in 19, what was it, 84? And then, wow. I, realized, then I realized I was born in 87. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he had a great match with Silas Young that, I, that um, again, for his age, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Very, very awesome for that. Dalton Castle and the boys versus Coke Cabana. Coke Cabana obviously was the hill in this match. Um, Dalton Castle is extremely strong to be deadlifting Coke Cabana in the manner he did twice. Um, uh, Kevin Kelly was hilarious on, on Mike about kept making references to the boys about how Coke Cabana never touched another man's boys. And it was just, <laughs> it was just so funny because it was just like, yeah, you know, that that's a very awkward comment, whatever. But, um, Mr. Silly Sellers, your BFF, Cody Rhodes versus Jay Lethal was was the match. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to say the match of the night, but definitely just the overall segment of the night. Brandy Rose entrance. If you can find that, if or if I can find it, I'll post it. Please. Spectacular. All puns. Um, I, I may not quote this correctly, but one of the quote, one of the uh, things she said was uh, uh, Rose... Where we're going, we won't need roads or something like that. And then she says something like, um, the person, the star who left the others in the dust or something like that. Right. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of puns like that, but very awesome. Um, and she kind of did that at uh, uh, Evolve, didn't she? It was something similar that she did that. With, I think I saw that on YouTube, maybe that she did at, at an Evolve show where he was wrestling. Not well, not the Evolve show I went to. She wasn't okay. there, but maybe okay. at TNA in the debut. Cause yes, that's I what kinda... it was TNA debut. That's what that's okay. what it was. Okay, yeah, cause um, I, I don't quite, I don't, I don't, I didn't quite catch as soon as she came out, but I did see the match. And um, of course, Brandy does her own booking, so you don't get a two for one package with them. Right. So the half her there was spectacular, but Cody Rhodes was full blown heel, full blown nice. heel. He, um, doesn't that surprise me? And and so so awesome. He won by a low blow to Jay Lethal. He won by a low blow to Jay Lethal after he pushed Jay Lethal into the ref, and then he hit the crossroads, and then he went insane. He went insane. Cheap shot on Jay Lethal after the match. Threw a beer at the ref. Um, attacked the commentary team. Flipped tables like completely destructive, and it was awesome. So so, so awesome. Hey. 
Hey, before we got it, before we go a little bit, I have to go because I'm going to the Disabilities Expo with my dad, but I'll be back on next week. All righty. So, um, so like I said, full blown heel, very, 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 very insane. And I'm, I know you, I know you'll love it. So he says, if you get a chance, you definitely want to watch it. If you find a link or anything, please make sure you let me know. It's not on anything on YouTube now or anything that I've seen while I'm researching while we're on, but definitely. Yeah. Um, then you had the six man tag match for the the new RA six man tag team champs, which was, uh, the kingdom versus Kushida, Leo Rush and Jay White. Um, if you took any second to blink, you was going to miss something on this match. It was spot crazy and insane. And then I was like, man, this match is so good. What's going to be able to top this? <laughs> so next match um, was, um, a, a, if we take one quick second, Bobby Fish wasn't able to be in this, which was going to be a fatal four-way because um, he had to miss the event because of the passing of his mother. So definitely thoughts and prayers to Bobby Fish uh, yep. through his hard times. But it was... Um, Marty Scroll, Dragon Lee, and Will Ospreay. Now, okay. Again, another person, if you had no, if you've been under a rock for like this year, or, you know, if you haven't heard about the Will Ospreay versus um, Ricochet match that, that sent the wrestling rolls in, in frenzy, this dude, Will Ospreay, is, he's nuts. Like, the stuff he was doing was in. Saying and it just every time I just thought like what is he gonna do next I was just it was just it just kept getting better and better and better so um I don't know man I have to see him live that that's my that is my goal for 2017 is to see Will Ospreay and Ricochet somewhere together or or just in the same city period but um then after that you had the young Bucks the young Bucks versus the Briscoes which. In that case, if you didn't know, that was the them boys versus the super kick party. Yep. And if I remember correctly, the counter for the super kick party ended around somewhere in the 20s. <laughs> and the end was insane. Again, I know it's my I know it's my favorite word of right now, but um that's so gonna be the title of this episode. That was insane. Maybe. <laughs> so one of my favorite video games of all time is Killer Instinct. And if you've never heard of that game, um it's on Xbox One. It was before it was on Super Nintendo and N64. And one of the big highlights of the game is the really big um combos that you can hit and then the guy yelling out like ultra combo and all that other good stuff. So I don't know if you ever heard of it or not. Yep. But literally yep. there was an ultra combo at the end of this. Uh, due to a combination of a zillion super kicks and I again insane. <laughs> and then uh the last match was Kyle O'Reilly versus um Adam Cole, which uh was a no DQ match. And ladies and gentlemen, we had thumbtacks in the building and they were mm-hmm. used oh. and um there was a power driver and there was a yeah there was there was there was just no regard to those thumbtacks being there. There was blood and yeah. So, um, you know, that's just my quick rundown of the of the show. I'm going to try to watch it again for sure. Um, it was really, really, really good, and it was um, definitely a great exclamation point for our race to to uh, end their pay per view year. And um, oh yeah, how could I forget the biggest thing ever <laughs> after the Young Bucks and Briscoes match? It got dark. Um, the whole arena went dark just for broken Matt Hardy to appear on the screen. 
and he rendered awesome. that the Briscoes was obsolete and that they were going to come to ROH next year to delete the Young Bucks. Can you believe? I can't. I don't. I don't even know what to think about that. Still, Nero. It's as hot as the Hardys have been this year, and now they're doing stuff like this. Oh man, I don't know. I don't. Know. I will just quote. Um, a guy we follow on Twitter by the name of Justin Labar, because I think he said it exactly right, that uh, Matt Hardy has the wrestling world in his hands. Yes, yes. He, yes he <laughs> And he got a TNA. I'm telling you, you know, like on Sonic, when like you're drowning in the water and you're waiting for that one little um, <laughs> bubble. bubble. The air yep. bubble. <laughs> but the air bubble is Matt Hardy right there. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, too funny. Yeah. Oh man, I can't, I can't wait, I can't wait, man. That's 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 exciting. You know, I'm all for that, man. I love, I love stuff like that. Like the implications of dream matches is happening all over. And like Aaron said, Young Bucks contracts are coming up. So, you know, after that match, where do they go? You know, TNA, they're still kind of in the limbo. Uh, who knows if right. they're like financially, uh, they're financially good for the next year. This is a lot going on right now, and I'm just excited by all means. So. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, ladies and gentlemen, did we did we cover every day? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we covered Raw SmackDown, um, Raw SmackDown two hundred five. We talked about the TLC. We talked about the Royal Rumble, which we're going to be in attendance to um, NXT Takeover San Antonio, and we just went over ROH. So, I guess the only thing now is that um, before we get out of here, um, just to let you know that. Um, I think we agree, but if not, um, one of our episodes coming up before the end of this year will be our 2006 Goldies Awards. Now, last year, we did it on episode 51, if you want to go back and listen to it. But, um, yeah, you know, the big Go Bell Wrestling Podcast, we just have a list of awards that we want to give to wrestlers um, as far as – you know, best gimmicks, wrestler of the year, best fuse, best tag teams, most charismatic, best te- technical wrestler. Um, you know, we want to go over stuff like maybe like the best shows of the year and, you know, all types of random stuff like that. And, you know, some of us going to be straight, you know, straight across the board. But we do have some kind of wacky and funny awards as well, too, like, you know, botch of the year and... um um, last year we we had a kayfabe moment of the year. Um, basically, I think we kind of alluded to that as being like somebody we thought, or somebody or something we thought was going to be something, but actually not. Um, catfish of the year, somebody we thought was actually going to, you know, be somebody, but actually didn't. Oh, I got one for that this year. I'm not even going to say that person. <laughs> um, shocking moment of the year you know something that was just so spectacular like the, i don't know broken matt hardy showing up at the rh show something like that um but yeah just a lot of stuff like that so um it's going to definitely be one of our favorite and fun shows that we have um we'll have the whole team together so um it, it may run a little bit over an hour because last year i think we did but nonetheless um you know we'll get it out and i was hoping to get all of our results panned out onto a, a sheet and have it posted on that page, which you could, you know, either find on Tumblr or on Facebook where I have it posted. But, um, sounds, sounds what sellers, huh? Huh? You just drop out there on me. <laughs> uh, 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 
Ah! <laughs> don't you don't you love technical issues? <laughs> yeah, don't but it should be a good show. <laughs> but uh, before we go, any of you guys, I got any comments or anything you want before we sign off? I'm good. It was just glad to have the whole band back together. I know lives are busy, but you know this was good. This was good on a good Saturday episode. Indeed. All right. So uh, for two chains, Aaron. D-Wayne, Silly Sellers, and Dr. M. This is the Big Wrestling, Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Catch us <laughs> every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our regular uh, weekly show. Um, but look forward to having us come out with something on the weekend. Um, it kind of fits most of our schedule better. But again, um, you know, just want to make sure we stay true to our, our regular 8 o'clock for all our fans that, you know, are able to drop in then. And uh, we'll get back to you next week. Peace out.